0: Welcome to the High Vibe Tribe podcast with me, your host, Dawn Owen. I'm a wife, a mom, and an entrepreneur, a speaker, a zero BS coach, and a lover of the high vibe life. I help business leaders like you create huge breakthroughs in their life and business so that you can achieve the freedom and impact you want and deserve. In this podcast, you will hear me talk all about mindset, money, and magic. The power trio that I know will get you where you want to go fast. This is the High Five Tribe podcast. introduce my guest for today. She's an event planner extraordinaire for one of the UK's leading wealth management companies. She's a mummy to two quite young children. She's a prolific LinkedIn user and she hosts her own women's networking events online. My guest today is Alexa Martinez. Welcome, Alexa. Thanks. Thank you, Dawn. I love that intro. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'd like to think, what would I want people saying about me if I was going to be strutting on stage at the O2? So, yeah, I think sometimes they're a big balling. That's what I felt like with that intro. Thank you so much. (laughs) You're welcome. It's great. Thank you for being here today. So my first question to my guest is always, how high is your vibe today on a scale of 1 to 10?
1: I think I'm at like a nine actually.
0: Yeah. Okay. Is that because it's Friday? We've got the Friday vibes today when we're recording. Yeah, I had a great start to the
1: day. I am taking a day off work because I still have loads of annual leave to take. So I feel like I'm just focusing on me today, which gives me high vibes.
0: Oh, that is a great one. Yeah. Fantastic. So I want to start by talking about kind of where you got to where you are today because i was thinking recently you know when we meet new people we kind of meet them as these whole formed humans right where they are and it's easy to think isn't it they were born you were born alexa martinez event planner extraordinaire right now in this moment and obviously that's not true so i would love you to tell us a bit about your background where you grew up what you wanted to do when you were growing up and how you ended up where you are today
1: okay where do I start (laughs) I come from a multicultural family my mom is French and Venezuelan and my dad is from Chile so I was born in America and I always felt like I had an opportunity to make the most of my multicultural heritage So with my French passport, I eventually finished school in America, went to university quickly in New Jersey, and then ended up studying abroad in Italy and then transferring universities in Italy. So I speak four languages now. So I grew up with French and Spanish and English, but I quickly picked up Italian because it was a great amalgamation of French and Spanish So it was a great time. I lived in Rome for six years, finished my degree in political science.
0: Wow.
1: Um, Yeah, very different than what I'm doing now. (laughs) And I ended up not really loving the job opportunities that were available for political science. I thought loved knowing the information I know now through what I learned, but it wasn't something I pictured myself doing and really being excited about when I woke up in the morning so with my extracurricular skills I'd been running different clubs and organizations and in like all of my years at school so I thought actually I really enjoy you know hospitality and making people come together and lo and behold I end up finding an opportunity for an internship and events um, department at the Hassler Hotel which is at the top of the Spanish Steps in Rome Ooh, sounds fancy. It was incredible. I mean, I was like, my commute to work was walking up the Spanish Steps. I was like, is is this real? Is this actually happening? Um, And they worked with some really big brands, big names. I mean, everybody wanted to hold an event at the top of the Spanish Steps. You know, perfume launches, um, movie premieres, you know, big corporations holding their annual company meetings there. It was actually such a great experience and a lot of hard work because hotel is just a whole different world of of work and it's a 24 7 gig and you know it's not nine to five Mm -hmm. so there were good bits and bad bits about that but I definitely got some good experience and then I was with someone that ended up living in Manchester so I came along with him
0: I ended up in the UK followed your heart followed your heart
1: lovely Yeah, I moved (laughs) to Manchester blindly. I'd never been before and I trusted him Uh and just went. I knew I was giving up the sunshine. I knew that. I knew that right off the bat. But I thought, you know what? We're going to start a family. Let's be somewhere that's a bit more stable (laughs) because Rome is great on the surface, but it doesn't have the right uh, network okay or someone new to start a family unless you've already got family there it's yeah. a bit harder It is right. a bit harder so yeah I found a job in financial services I was a PA uh-huh. and ended up doing lots of events and because of my event experience I ended up pushing for a role to become an events coordinator in the Manchester location for St. James's Place uh-huh. and then from there the rest of history so we we really have been taking events to the next level I'm on a brand new team where we really focus just on events Mm -hmm. delivering client events virtual um in person consulting with the different financial advice businesses and uh giving them hints and tips on how to run amazing events for their clients to help them achieve their
0: goals and grow their business fantastic so there's so much there for me to dig into I think the first thing I thought was when you up and left america to go to italy you know that's that's quite a way away so how old were you at that point
1: i was 20 years old and i remember this because i thought i'm actually celebrating my birth my 21st birthday in a country where i could already have a drink of alcohol at the <laughs> age of 18 i was like oh that's a waste <laughs> so
0: it was also, not a big
1: deal yeah at all <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah so I'm just wondering, as a 20-year-old, as a you know, you land in a new country, effectively on the other side of the world. You know, what? How, how did you cope with that? What were your kind of coping strategies? Have you always been, you know, outgoing, extroverted? Did you find it easy to kind of adapt to a different, well, I mean, culturally very different in Italy, I would imagine, particularly in Rome, like you said. What was that like?
1: You know i never really think about it because i just kind of love to just get stuck in and just do it and figure it out along the way because every opportunity that i take i end up learning something and i end up proving to myself i'm actually capable of more than i could have even thought yeah. Um, so yeah i mean i always felt a bit different than everybody else i was like you know i don't really fit in properly in america uh-huh. um, and it might be because i've got such a diverse background and grew up around such enthusiastic and effervescent individuals in my family that I was like, you know what, let's seize the day. Let's make the most of my opportunity. And it helped that my mom also pushed me to make sure that I put my application in for the study abroad program. She was, yeah, she was a big believer in just going for it. So you don't have any regrets later in life. Do it now. Do it now.
0: So you can say you've done it. That's fantastic, I think. And my parents were very similar. You know, I'm an only child and they always brought me up to, you know, you do whatever you want to do and let me be a dreamer as well, which, I, you know, I wanted to be a ballerina, obviously, you know, before I got a real job as such. But I think it's incredible when you have that background and you can just go for something and look where it's led you you know all these different places and to the job that you're in now and I think having would you say that having those kind of parents that kind of upbringing has really stood you in good stead for now as to how you deal with things in your life? 100%
1: 100% and I actually wanted to be a singer when when I was three years old I got up on a table and said I'm gonna be a singer Um, and I didn't know how to sing at that point (laughs) I was just like seems like a fun thing to do. I'm going to do this. But they always, you know, cheered me on and made me understand that anything really is possible Mm -hmm. as long as you believe in yourself and they'll always support me no matter what. So I think it makes a big difference actually.
0: I love that. And I, you know, I would think that about you that you've had that self-belief and we know we always have a, you know, we always have a wobble sometimes, but I think having that good foundation of self-belief can kind of take us anywhere really. And then when you said, you know, you you got stuck in and learned some skills. And if I'm understanding right, you basically created the role that you're in now. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I created a role in the location. So normally there was, you know, administrative support staff and secretarial work. But as part of their role, they had to eventually organize a meeting or a workshop Mm -hmm. or an event. And they just weren't comfortable doing it. Whereas I absolutely loved it. I was like, give me yours. I'll do yours. Like, how can I get involved in your project? I really want to be a part of this. (laughs) So I kind of just scooped the tasks and responsibilities out from other people who had to do it and just didn't want to do it and weren't enjoying it. And I was like, right, you know, if I have a handle on this and it's a big, big task, then I can try and put a proposal in for making it a role Mm -hmm. so that, you know, someone who actually wants to make sure that they're better and continuously improve is taking a look at them and planning them strategically. So it worked, they believed in it. And, and yeah, now, because of the pandemic, Uh I think that they've realized how valuable events can be um, on on a greater scale, especially with the virtual events that we've done, the opportunity for a client to hear from a fund manager, all the way on the other side of the world is is incredible and such good service for the clients so yeah we've had to put a team together now to do that because we're doing more and more and more and delivering more and then helping the financial advisors also start to run their own and make sure they can tap into the resource
0: of people who enjoy the world of events so that's fabulous so you created your own role and now a whole team was born from it so that's absolutely fantastic So you mentioned there about the importance of events and realizing the importance of events. And it's great since the pandemic, it's opened up a whole new world of online and the opportunities, new opportunities that that brings. And yet there's just something, isn't there, about a group of people in a room and the energy that brings and what that creates. Would you agree with that? And what do you think that is?
1: Yeah, I think it's so special when people get together together you never know the opportunities that can come out of people meeting people collaborating people just talking about experiences or issues they are dealing with Mm -hmm. and and it really creates that sense of belonging so you know there's that thing called FOMO and people feel like they've missed out on something but they didn't know they were going to get yeah. what they were going to get out of yeah. that, of attending the event. And that's the beauty of it. You know, sometimes when you don't feel like going to an event or the unexpected can occur when you go to an event. So I just, I think that bringing people together, you never know what you're going to end up getting out of it. Virtual is amazing too, though. I do see if it's done correctly, like the virtual uh, women's network that we do. Of course. If you, yeah. If you allow people to, talk and connect then that's that's the beauty of an event if it's just a webinar where people are being talked at then you know you're only going to get what you really wanted out of it and you're only going to tune in when something you think applies to you so yeah events in person are a big difference
0: I think so I had a group of ladies in a room together you know just this last weekend and it was phenomenal you know what we created and I could have done it all online And I also know that the result wouldn't have been the same for them. And you mentioned there about online networks. I know you host your own Women's Net online networking. And I wondered if you've got any top tips for making those virtual events so good. Because I think there's that phrase, isn't there, is it? Motion creates emotion, which is a lot easier to do when you're in the room in person. But when you're virtual, you know, we're in our own separate rooms our own separate environments have you got any tips on how to kind of you know create that thing you said there about letting people talk which I think is great no one wants to be on mute for like 89 minutes do they so yeah
1: yeah um and it is trying to recreate those mini conversational moments the water cooler chats so how can you do that on a virtual scale is just use the breakout rooms and make sure you're not doing more than two to three people At a push, you could do four if you've really given some instructions as to what you want people to talk about. But I feel like two to three is that magic number because then everyone will have a chance to give their thoughts and, you know, have a word. Yeah, I found it to be quite successful, especially when you've got a group that is meeting again and again continually so that they're really getting to know each other. And then, yeah, and then switching it up a bit and have people – you can almost force the conversation to change, though, in the virtual one is – put people with other people that they might not have known before so it's a bit different than the in-person unless you're doing like a speed networking uh-huh. or you know you're telling people ahead of time that you're going to be putting them in this but I feel like with the breakout rooms and virtual networking it's like a surprise <laughs> you don't yeah, know definitely. Who you're going to
0: with. yeah it is that like when you I think on zoom when it particularly when you go in it's like you're the, almost the first person I think everyone sees the same but it's like you're the first person and then it's like oh, who's gonna pop up who's on the screen today it's like yeah yeah it is it is um whereas you know at at an in-person event you you know you can see who's there and you can't you can't govern that as easily like you say you as the organizer you can go oh, I'm gonna put these three in a breakout room together but in a in a in-person event you know it's not as easy to do that so yeah they both have their things but I think ultimately in person I think we both feel that they are there they just got it over um virtual events for sure oh yeah great so what do you what's coming up in the events industry what's what's kind of new happening
1: there are quite a few things coming up at the moment but one that I'm really excited about is the use of chat GPT Um uh, yeah, yeah yeah I'm actually going to be joining a talk about how people are using it or how people how how people can use it in the events industry very soon and it's actually just like any great tool out there you know it's about how do you use it but in a personal way so you know you can get information out of it you can write quick emails you can write a business plan or a marketing plan out of it you know you can get top tips on events or types of events that you want to run but then you need to take that information and personalize it and make it unique to whatever it is that you need Mm -hmm. so you know Chat GPT is great, but it's not going to put people out of business. And I think that that's a main thing. You know, there there are people that are scared about that. And there are people that have been saying, you know, there have been layoffs because of the use of chat GPT. But that's, uh, that's something to make you think, okay, well, if you're doing what a machine can do, then... What is your value, you know? Well,
0: that's true. Yeah, that's absolutely true, actually. And I think you're right. Like anything, it needs your personal touch to it as well. It needs your voice. So, yeah, it can give you a starting point. And sometimes that's all we need is that starting point, actually, particularly if it comes to kind of content creation and stuff. Having something to start with is a lot easier, I think, than just going... I've got this blank page, nothing's happening, nothing's coming, I've got to do something. So yeah, and that leads me beautifully onto LinkedIn, because you are, I would say, a ninja on LinkedIn, an influencer almost, I would say, you're right up there for me. Yeah, you, it feels to me like you really leverage LinkedIn, and you know, you're consistent with your posting. So how did that all start? How did you kind of get yeah, because again it was like to me I'm just like well she's just there and she's been there forever but obviously there must have been a moment when you thought right I'm, I'm going I'm going all in on LinkedIn. It was the pandemic the pandemic right.
1: I was never re- really into social media I mean I used to use Facebook but you know more as like the photo album drop that you used to do yeah. just like I want my pictures online and you know start communicating every now and then with your friends mm-hmm. but then you know Instagram came around and All the other stuff after that. And I never really, really got into it. I just kind of, you know, drop a picture every now and then. But LinkedIn, I found during the pandemic, ended up being this like fountain of knowledge and like loads of resources and obviously virtual events was something new that I was like, oh my gosh, I need to figure out how to do this because in-person events are not a thing anymore and my role is events yeah so how am I going to learn I need to find people out there that are doing it that are talking about it join other people's virtual events because there were so many great free things out there oh. so I took the time the extra time I had on my hands from not doing events and started learning and connecting with people and then it just kind of spiraled and snowballed I was like well I've got to be active on here if I want people to link up with me and feel like you know, they can get to know me Uh and it was incredible to see how many other people were like participating in the conversation after that. You know, I felt like I was getting new friends off the
0: back of it. I was like, I know we haven't met, but I feel like we're besties. Yeah, definitely. I I feel like that about people. I'm like, I think somebody came on TV actually last year, and I said to my husband, "I know him." And he said, "Do you mean you know him, or do you just follow him on LinkedIn?" I was like, "Well, yes, but <laughs> I feel like I know him. I could tell you loads about him." And I think that's the great thing. And it's interesting because just this morning I did my post, and it was like a fun post about music, and I did pond there. Don't come at me, LinkedIn police, saying this is not Facebook. You know, it's networking, isn't it? Isn't it about personality and knowledge and all different things? But, you know, you can't just be a bland, you know, same as everyone else.
1: And I think that that is one of my biggest arguments with people who don't understand what LinkedIn Mm. is now. Because maybe what it used to be was just a blank, like, CV type of profile page. But now it's it can be used for so much more. And I think if people aren't on the platform regularly enough, then they aren't building that community and building the following for them to learn from. So, you know, I'm on there. I'm like, oh, I want to follow that person because they're talking about this. Oh I want to ha- oh, I'm following this hashtag now because I want to make sure I'm in the conversation when anybody speaks about that. And I've created such a great home page for myself. Every time I get on there, I'm getting great news about, event industry topics and trends and you know just thought pieces from people so there's such great content on LinkedIn and I think people put a lot more thought into it and it's not just much like a picture dump or a look at my holiday you know there's a message behind what people say so it's really it's really interesting and I like being a part of it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, for me, I've got some clients recently who are not using LinkedIn. And it's kind of like, to me, it's so obvious for their business. I'm like, oh, my God, you know, I've just asked you who your ideal client is. And you just described to me the people that are hanging out on LinkedIn that I can see every day. So I think ignore it at your peril. So LinkedIn is obviously one of I would say one of your keys to success right now, because you leverage it quite well. What do you think your other keys to success are what's what are your what's your secret to your success do you think
1: saying yes to things you know Uh um making sure that I'm I'm taking up opportunities especially if they scare me like (laughs) right okay how am I going to make the most of this Uh what you know how can I prepare for this and then basically learning something new because of it so saying yes is a great thing in my um in my secret weapon kit and and hmm let me think about this one and joining uh learning opportunities so okay. like at the moment I'm part of a mentorship program mm-hmm. you know at first I thought oh I don't I don't need a mentor I could be a mentor mm-hmm. but actually taking a step back and being like you know what maybe I could learn something from something interesting And now I've opened up a whole new world of, oh, wow, I'm really passionate about sustainable events. And, you know, now I know this person that I could tap into, Mm -hmm. but I would have never really gotten into it had I not met this mentor of mine. So Chrissy Beck has now been an inspiration for me and like a whole new direction that I can go in my career at St. James's Place. And I'm trying to become a sustainability champion. So joining opportunities to learn, you know, if it is taking a course, getting a certificate, whatever it is that
0: you're interested in, find out how you can learn more about it. I love that. And one of my questions was actually, have you ever had a coach or a mentor? And interesting, you just said that. And I would just pick up on what you said there about like, I'm not sure I need a mentor. I could be a mentor, but I'm not sure I need one. And I think almost, you know, that is one of the things that you go through. It's kind of like, do I need a mentor? Do I need a coach? What, you know, what is that going to do for me? And I think you explained beautifully there, you know, what it's done for you in having a mentor. And obviously, as a coach, I would recommend everyone had a coach, a mentor, something, it doesn't really matter, it depends what level you're at and where you want to go to. But I, for me, I think it, it's huge. Yeah, I mean, my
1: mentor has a mentor. So it, it's good to see, you know, it's just a trickle down effect of what have she, has she got out of it? So she's like, oh, how can I give that back into the world? And so now I feel like if I did want to become a mentor one day, I'd be
0: better equipped to do a good job. So, yeah, so, it's great. It's great. Yeah. One of my coaching clients who is a coach always says, every coach needs a coach. You know, I have my own coach. How could I advocate for coaching and what it can bring to people if I don't have a coach myself? You know, that to me would just be like, I don't know being a hairdresser, but having a terrible haircut to myself—you know—it's not that's just it's not not the right thing at all. Okay, so I know you've got quite a young baby. Can't remember how old she is, and you've got a. a a uh, son is it as well yeah, yeah yeah how old are they so my son's gonna be nine on
1: Sunday because he keeps hitting me <laughs> <laughs> and my daughter's gonna be one very very soon so wow. big ga- age gap yeah. but it's actually so perfect like I know that I can call upon uh, my son to help out with any quick babysitting like can you just watch your sister real quick while I go take a shower yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's invaluable is Excellent. very, very helpful. And he's at the right age where I can just bribe him with candy um, for a great <laughs>
0: dessert. <laughs> so Look, um, we can all be bribed with candy and dessert, let's face it, for sure. So one of my questions was going to be, how do you think you've changed the most in the past 12 months? Obviously, having a baby is huge, but, you know, do you think there's anything else or do you think it's connected to that?
1: I think... Yeah, I actually is connected because um, I thought I was I was going on a great trajectory and I was really building a name for myself um, for what I was doing in the company. But actually becoming a mom, I was like, yeah, but what else am I? You know, I'm not not just someone who works for St. James's Place. I'm not just a mom. What am I? How can I harness this enthusiasm for finding out what I what I am and what my purpose is? So. Yeah, just kind of um, taking a step back and saying, okay, well, what what is it that I'm really striving for? It's not really just recognition in my work that I do at the company. It's I want to be recognized in the industry. I want to be a thought leader. I want to be a part of the conversation. So some of my goals when I applied for the mentorship program was, you know, I feel a bit stuck what how can i push myself beyond this this world that i've created for myself and being a part of the mentorship program has helped me achieve that because i was like you know i didn't think about being a speaker on stage for industry events mm-hmm. i didn't think about potentially starting my own podcast
0: and you know what better way to have your voice heard than start a podcast definitely definitely <laughs> and you have a lot of a lot of great stuff to share you have a, a lot of insights you know your work is really interesting I know it's really interesting to you but it's really interesting to people outside of your industry as well so yeah I can't wait for your podcast to start definitely thank you thanks so just before we wrap up so my um last but one question is how do you keep your vibe high because every time I see you you know, you always look the part, you're always like, your vibe is high, you're always very as I would say. And I know, being someone who people say that to, you know, that's not how we are all of the time. Because, you know, stuff happens. And we all know it's how you deal with it. But you know, if, if you're have if you wake up and you're feeling a bit, mm, you know, what's what's your go to kind of strategies for getting your vibe up?
1: My go-to strategy is probably I I just think that it takes more effort to feel sorry for yourself or, you know, think of all the reasons why the day is going to be miserable than to just think I'm waking up. Let's start with a blank slate. Today is going to be an epic day. And then making sure that everything else you do kind of just aligns with that thought. So, you know, if if my son wakes up and says he's why am I going to school today? I'm like, cause today's going to be the best day ever. Yes. And you am getting him on the vibe too. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's just, it, I've found that I give myself
0: energy by believing the day is going to be great.
1: Love so.
0: that. I love that. And actually that reminds me of a message I had from a client a couple of weeks ago. And she said, I woke up this morning and I was like, oh, it's rubbish. I feel really low. She said, And I just thought, actually, should I got your voice in my head? And I just thought, why am I telling myself the day is going to be rubbish? I'm going to tell myself this is a great day. She said, and guess what? It was a great day. She got a new inquiry. She closed a new deal. She felt amazing. And, you know, I think that is the key. I always think of, you know, when you when you feel ill, And, you know, when you're really ill and maybe you have to stay in bed and stuff. And it's really easy, isn't it, to go, I feel ill, I feel ill, I feel ill. And, of course, you know, I remember when I had COVID, I'm not going to be jumping around going, oh, yay, I don't feel ill at all. But certainly, you know, telling yourself a different story, I think, is really, really key. I thought of another question that I want to ask you, because it was kind of linked to that. And the story made me remember I know you're an avid reader. I know you read a lot. Um, What are you reading at the moment? And what's one book that you would say is an absolute must read for the listeners? Okay, right now I'm reading Surprise,
1: which is about embracing the power of the unexpected. Because I've always loved surprises. I love being a guest at an event and, you know, having a surprise sprung on us or seeing the reaction of people when I've put a surprise into the mix on the, um, on the agenda for the meeting or for the gala dinner that I've arranged. So pr- surprise is really powerful. And I was like, right, how can I be better at harnessing the power of surprise? So that's what we're reading right now. And we're mm-hmm. I started a little book club too, because I was like, there's so many great things, but it's, yeah. How can you continue the conversation? How can you think of ideas yes. and experiences to start implementing what you've learned, because I hate just reading something and then just forgetting
0: about it. <laughs> oh, 100%. That is one of my big bugbears when people I've read this book, I've read this book. And I'm like, whoa, slow down. What did you learn from that book? What have you done differently? Even if it's just one tiny thing, you know, if you're going to spend your time reading the book, then please take something from it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. We'll have to chat more about these books then. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and what am I? Oh, I, I definitely think the art of gathering. Okay. From Priya Parker is a must read. It's great for, you know, just having better conversations around the dinner table. So, something really small that you can implement at, at home with your family, or, you know, how to make a great party when you invite your friends over, you know, and, and I mean, even things better, even bigger than that, like how can you leverage the power of a really great venue to, you know, uh, close a sale or, do a better negotiation. So, you know, things that you don't think about can really change the environment and the mood when you're dealing with someone in business. So it's a really, really good book. And there's so I love the in. sound
0: of that. So I'm going to pop the links for those in the show notes, as I will also put your contact details. But how is it best for the listeners to connect with you and get in touch with you?
1: Definitely connect with me on LinkedIn. Alexa of course. Martinez. <laughs> and I've got my new website launched now, eventsobsessed.com. Ooh. So if you want to check that out and let me yeah. know, you know,
0: any comments on there, I'll be, I'll be active on there now too. Fabulous. And actually that's your LinkedIn headline, I think, isn't it? Obsessed with outstanding events or something like that. Yeah. Obsessed with creating. That's it. Yes. So we'll, the, we'll yeah. We'll pop those in the show notes for you. So I always finish my podcast with the last word. So this is where I ask the guests anything from their last meal to their last message they received. So it's a bit of potluck to see what you get. So let's see what I've got for you. What was the last app that you downloaded? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I was just at our
1: annual company meeting and one of my colleagues was telling me that she just got upgraded to class for like 12 quid. And I was like, that, that's incredible. How did you do that? And she's like, oh, the um, Seatfrog. Have you heard of that app? And I was like, no. What is this? What is this gold mine? And she was traveling from Nottingham to London. So it differs from wherever you're traveling. Yes. But what it is, is um, you put in your ticket that you've got a ticket mm-hmm. and where you're traveling to. And then it will link up your train ride and tell you if there's any availability for a seat. So then people bid on how much they're willing to pay for it. So you could end up getting something for 12 quid. I mean, you could end up paying 40 quid. But, you know, if you really want a first-class journey and you don't want to pay the big ticket. I love
0: that. And that's called seat frog. Yep. Yep. I absolutely love that. And it's just just totally really weird to me to hear you in your accent say quid. It's like... (laughs) No, no, that's wrong. Right. We should be saying dollars. I, I felt
1: awkward when I was saying it. I was like, <laughs> did I just say quid?"
0: <laughs> You're definitely, definitely embedded in the culture for sure. No, definitely. Uh, right. Well, that's fabulous. So thank you for joining us, Alexa, today. Um, as I said, we'll put all your details in the show notes of people. And that's it from us today. Thank you for listening to the High Vibe Tribe podcast with me, Dawn Owen. I'd love to know what your number one takeaway was from this episode. Feel free to screenshot the episode and tag me in on social media. And if you know someone who would enjoy it too, then don't keep it to yourself. Share the vibes. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified as soon as the next episode drops. If you're not already a part of the High Tribe community over on Facebook, then come and join us there. The link is in the show notes. And I'll see you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep those vibes high.